Welcome everyone to today's Embraced by the Divine podcast. These podcasts aim to inspire and empower people, especially women and those who are feeling the call to move forward and to live their life purpose with passion. Hi, I'm Michelle Mayur, the compiling author of Embraced by the Divine, the Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose, which has been an Amazon number one bestseller in four categories and three countries. I'm also a healer, hypnotherapist, light worker, and work closely with the angelic realms and have been in private practice in Melbourne since 1995 at Angel Wings Healing. Would you like to ask God or your higher power a question and receive an immediate answer? That sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Our special guest today, Roy Hunter, discusses his latest book, The Art of Spiritual Hypnosis which includes over 80 case summaries from highly respected hypnotherapists around the world. I feel deeply honoured to have been invited to be one of these hypnotherapists who have contributed such fascinating case stories of accessing divine wisdom under hypnosis. Most of these amazing stories provide food for the soul. I describe Roy Hunter as an old school gentleman and as being highly approachable. He's such a nice guy. Any of you who have had professional training in hypnotherapy have probably already heard about him and his past therapy work. He has the most sublime hypnotic voice of any hypnotherapist I know when he's doing sessions. And you'll be getting a taste of this later on in the call. Roy um, was also an enthusiastic launch partner for my own book, Embraced by the Divine, and it now gives me great pleasure to support him with getting the word out there about his latest book, The Art of Spiritual Hypnosis. And this book's already a bestseller in two categories on Amazon. So that's pretty amazing. Today, we'll be covering what is spiritual hypnosis and how it may be able to assist you. Roy's latest book, obviously, The Art of Spiritual Hypnosis, to which I've contributed a case study, a couple of fascinating case studies from the book, and why it took Roy two decades to write this important book. I thought mine took a while. Um, A a guided meditation to establish sacred space for healing, which will be beautiful, I'm sure. And we'll also be having a live Q&A later in the call, so Roy can answer your questions. So if you're on the phone lines, um, just press star 2 to raise your hand if you're on the live call. If you're listening via webcast, uh, just type in your question into the Q&A box on the left-hand side of your screen and I will see it either way. Um, as we only can take a limited number of callers, please, if you, as soon as you have your question, just uh, type it in because I'll be taking questions in the order that they come basically. Okay, so a little bit more of a formal introduction now about Roy. Roy Hunter was certified as a hypnotherapist by Charles Tebbets in 1983 and started a practice in the Seattle-Tacoma area. He started teaching his mentor's nine-month professional hypnosis course in 1987 and has taught classes and workshops over the years in 20 different countries. Although recognized for his work with parts therapy and hypnotic regression therapy, Roy teaches courses and gives presentations on other topics as well. He's a published author of a number of books that come highly praised, including two hypnosis texts based on the works of Charles Tebbets that are either recommended or required reading at many hypnosis schools around the world. His latest book on spiritual hypnosis was co-authored by over two dozen highly respected hypnotherapists from around the world. Roy has received numerous awards through the years and was recognized for lifetime achievement by three different organizations. He's a life diplomat of the International Medical and Dental Hypnotherapy Association, that's the um, IMDHA, and also a diplomat of the Association of Professional Hypnosis and Psychotherapy, the APHP. And his website is RoyHunter.com. So let's get into it. Welcome, Roy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on our show today. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, that's great. It's lovely to have you. So let's just jump right in. What is spiritual hypnosis anyway, and, and how did you discover it? 
That's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I actually discovered it by accident uh, over three decades ago. Um, I consider spiritual hypnosis, first of all, to be any type of hypnosis session where the client's higher power or spiritual uh, power or God or anything from the divine is accessed and provides assistance during the session. The time I discovered it was when I was working with a lady back in uh, 1985 for weight loss. She was having difficulty accepting the traditional suggestions that oftentimes work without advanced techniques. So I employed parts therapy, which uh, I had the privilege of learning firsthand under Charles Tebbets, who was a pioneer of client-centered parts therapy. And she would not come to uh, resolution because the two parts that were in conflict, the part wanting to keep overeating, refused to uh, even negotiate one ounce with the part of her that was motivating her to want to get rid of the excess weight and be at her ideal weight. But I had remembered that during the intake, she mentioned that she was a devout Christian. So when I got totally stuck in the middle of the session and was not successful in getting a, a neutral or objective part to emerge, I used my own peaceful place trigger, which is a technique I learned from a hypnotherapist back in the late 70s before I ever studied professional hypnotherapy. And when I called myself and I told her to go way down, while I'm saying way down, I'm mentioning a quick silent prayer inside my mind asking God for some intuitive help on how to help this lady resolve her issue. And then I have this spontaneous intuitive flash to call out that part of her that was most closely connected to God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And the part wanted to be identified as Holy Spirit and her problem was resolved in five minutes. Wow. So that was how I discovered spiritual hypnosis. That's an amazing and story, and you, you include it in the the book too. So I have a question, and I think I'm probably speaking on behalf of a lot of people on the call. When you say spiritual hypnosis and calling out the part that's closest to, to God, etc., do people necessarily need to have... A um, be on a spiritual path or a, a belief in some kind of religion, or can you know non-believers, atheists, agnostics, can it also work for them? Maybe do you phrase it differently if you're working with people without a spiritual uh, belief system? If I'm working with someone and I do not know their belief system, and I get stuck in parts therapy. Uh, I'll ask for a neutral or objective part, and in order to avoid what I call a parts party, in other words, having too many parts <laughs> called out where it's a confusing mess for both me and the client, I'll ask for whatever part has the client's highest and best wisdom, knowledge, understanding, training, and experience to come forward. And it doesn't matter whether the client considers it his or her inner wisdom or uh that part that has the best wisdom, knowledge, understanding, training, and experience, or whatever, my goal is to help empower the client. I do not have a right to project my own religious or spiritual beliefs in a client. And in my professional opinion and my spiritual opinion, we need to honor and respect the space that our client is in spiritually. That oh, being said, yeah. one of the case summaries I had to put in my book is a profound answer to the question you asked because the smoker came in to see me for hypnosis to quit smoking. And he made it very clear within the first 10 to 15 minutes uh, after entering my office that he was an atheist and that I had better not bring God or religion in any manner, shape, or form whatsoever into the session. 
So had I have asked for that part of him that was most closely connected to God or his higher power to assist, my guess is that he would have been insulted, probably brought himself immediately up out of hypnosis, given me a lecture and never darkened my door again. (laughs) (laughs) And most likely would have continued smoking. However, uh, when he failed to respond to the traditional suggestions and I used part therapy, he had a couple of parts that wouldn't uh, allow me to mediate. That part of him that wanted to keep on smoking was bound and determined to continue doing so. In other words, he had a real stubborn inner child. And in his inner adult, that part of him that wanted to quit smoking because it was better for his health, and uh, as, as well as accomplishing the other benefits of becoming a non-smoker, they just argued the stress was unbelievable and uh, it was definitely a textbook case of parts therapy where the two parts would not uh, allow me to help them negotiate terms of agreement. So I called out another part. I asked whatever part of you... Uh, and provide some uh, objective words of wisdom to help us get past this impasse, please come forward. And then uh, when asking for that part that had his best wisdom, knowledge, understanding, training, and experience, the part emerged, and I said, what name or title shall I call you? And the part said, higher self. So I pretended not to be surprised I just continued with the session and higher self helped resolve the uh, inner conflict in a matter of minutes. When the session was over, as I often, uh, almost always do at the end of a successful parts therapy session, I say, isn't this amazing stuff? He said, amazing isn't the half of it. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you recall I told you uh, that I'm an atheist. I said, yes. He said, that higher self was a spiritual part. And if there's a spiritual being, there must be a spiritual realm. And if there's a spiritual realm, there must be a God. So uh, he left my office reconsidering his years-held opinion that he was an atheist. Gee, that's an amazing case history. And I remember reading that one in the the book too in your chapters so you know people don't have to have any preconceived religious beliefs um, for spiritual hypnosis to be effective so I noticed that um, this is the first book that you've written as far as I'm aware that isn't uh, written specifically for hypnosis professionals so the art of uh, spiritual hypnosis is a really fascinating read for the general public. I've read all through it, you know, a couple of times now. And um, it's already received some outstanding reviews. I've read some of them on Amazon. I've left one myself. What can you tell us about the, the actual book, The Art of Spiritual Hypnosis? As you mentioned, it is, in my uh, opinion, a book written for the general public I wanted to help inspire people to consider the possibility of a spiritual realm and that we can have uh, answers to some of life's mysteries and many of life's problems. Um, It is correct that most of my books are written for the hypnotherapy profession and many of my books are, uh, or several of my books are, highly recommended or required reading by many hypnosis schools. But the self-hypnosis book, which is Mastering the Power of Self-Hypnosis, is also written for the general public. And one of my textbooks, The Art of Hypnosis, which is a basic introduction to hypnosis, a lot of people who do not intend to study professional hypnosis have purchased that one as well and uh, have enjoyed it and given me good feedback on it. I also have one that not new, not too many people know about, which is about the 20th century history of hypnosis in America. It's called Through the Looking Glass, and it's actually available at the IMDHA website. But um, the art of spiritual hypnosis 
was in the back of my mind way back in the late 1990s when a friend of mine who's a psychologist but also very psychic uh, urged me to write a book on it because I was sharing with her the uh, with her and her husband, the fact that occasionally I had uh, discovered spiritual parts when doing parts therapy and word of mouth increased so people would come to me asking for a spiritual hypnosis. But because I was teaching my professional hypnosis course in a college, I felt it was important not to give an appearance of being religious or spiritual in the classroom. So I avoided discussing the spiritual aspects of uh, hypnosis in my professional hypnotism training course. And then um, Pam Winkler said, Roy, you've got to take this out of the closet. And I thought about it, meditated on it. And then in uh, 1999, for the first time, I brought it out of the closet in public at a parts therapy workshop I was teaching in Ireland, and I was amazed at the overwhelming enthusiastic response from uh, several dozen professionals in the classroom. And then uh, Pam Winkler also told me, it's your life path to write a book on this. But then every time I started to write it, something happened. I won't go into the long version, but the short version is uh, two or three times I had a couple of chapters written and my computer crashed. Oh, no. One time it was a power surge and I simply had forgotten to hit the save button. That was like my first attempt. I was upset at myself. I thought, why didn't I hit uh, the save button? I was so enthusiastic jumping into this book for the first time that I just got carried away. And we rarely have lightning in uh, the Seattle-Tacoma area. So it didn't occur to me that there would be a flash of lightning that would cause a power surge, and my computer rebooted. Down the tubes went several hours of work. Okay. <laughs> well, then if that wasn't a high I saved, saved, but, but what was? <laughs> well, I saved it the next time, of course, and then uh, had several chapters written. And opened an email from uh, a friend and there was an attachment. I didn't realize my friend's email had been hacked and the attachment had a virus that caused me to have to replace my computer. The hard drive was crashed beyond repair and I had forgotten to back up my saved files. Then the third time it happened, I had uh, several chapters written and backed up. And history repeated itself. I got another computer virus. The computer was uh, damaged beyond repair, so I had to replace it. Then when I put my backup disk in my new computer, the backup disk was damaged. Oh, no. And I was really confused by this time, thinking, my God, what is going on? So now it's uh, August of 2003, and I'm teaching parts therapy at uh, a national uh, Guild of Hypnotists hypnosis conference on the East Coast and uh, teaching it as a pre-conference. And I spent the last two hours talking about the spiritual hypnosis. And one of the ladies in the classroom asked me if I would do a session for her that night. So uh, I sensed she was on a very spiritual page. So instead of letting her pay me for the session, I asked her, to do a spiritual hypnosis session on me. And she asked what I wanted to find out. I said, well, you remember I mentioned about uh, why there's no book on it yet? I said, I'd like you to uh, call out my higher power so that I can get some words of divine wisdom about uh, some clarity. Am I supposed to write this book or not? Uh, If so, when? If not, et cetera. So when she calls out my higher power, I'm expecting some sort of response, which I have frequently heard over the many years I've done this, such as all will be revealed in due time, or when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, or uh, it will become known, etc. I've I've heard uh, lines like that a lot over the years, which is usually frustrating to my clients when they get that kind of message. But no... My higher power had a direct 
message that hit me over the head with a metaphoric two-by-four. Quit dragging your feet and write a book on parts therapy first. Okay. So that was a real shocker because I had been refusing to write a book on parts therapy. I thought, well, you know, there's a book on ego state therapy written by Watkins and Watkins, and uh, there's a book on voice dialogue and parts therapy similar, uh, and I have an entire chapter devoted to parts therapy and the art of hypnotherapy, so why do I need to write a book on parts therapy? This was my thinking for several years when some of my hypnotherapy students asked me if there was a good book on parts therapy out there. So being analytical, I brought myself partway up out of hypnosis and my analytical resistor part blurted out before the hypnotherapist could ask me another question. And I said to my higher power, what publisher do I use? I'm expecting some sort of either direct answer or uh, all will be revealed in due time type answer. But instead, the answer I got was the publisher will come to you. That was all it took for me to bring myself the rest of the way up out of trance. So I said, publishers don't come to you unless you're rich and famous. And besides, that's when uh, the lady working with me demonstrated that she was a good listener because I told her in advance of the trance, I'm analytical, and uh, if I start to pop up out of trance, you better uh, have an instant trance trigger uh, established for me so you can uh, zap me back down into hypnosis quickly and deeply before uh, the total session is uh, history. Well, she activated my instant return to hypnosis trigger, and it was like going down the slide, metaphorically. And then she said, what does Roy have to do to attract a publisher? My higher power said, he's already uh, done it. And she said, how soon will this happen? Very soon. So then I blurted out, what do I have to do to be in the right place at the right time to attract a publisher? And the response was, uh, all will be revealed in due time, end of trance. <laughs> that was a Thursday night. Less than 24 hours later, I'm autographing a copy of The Art of Hypnotherapy, and this lady says, by the way, my husband is National Marketing Director for Crown House Publishing. Would you consider Crown House for your next book? Oh, I think wow. that qualifies us very soon. It sure does. So Crown House published my parts therapy hardbound text for professionals in 2005. And then I thought, okay, mission accomplished. And then um, either in 06 or 07, uh, a couple of people attending one of my parts therapy workshops said, well, granted, you have a chapter in your parts therapy book on spiritual hypnosis, but why not get back to writing the book that's devoted to spiritual hypnosis? So then history repeated itself. I tried and got blocked. I wanted the book to be credible by having uh, 50 to 100 case summaries, but I couldn't get enough case summaries, or when I got some really good ones, it's like, I don't want anyone to know about this. So uh, <laughs> once again, it seemed like I needed another session as client, so I had one of my former hypnotherapy students ask my higher power for more clarification on the book, and I didn't like the response. The response was, set it on the shelf. You will know when it's time to write the book. All will be revealed in due time. So there's that answer clients don't like that I got. I got the same answer. So I just decided to set it on the shelf. And I thought, well, maybe sometime while I'm still alive, the book will get written. And somebody in a hypnosis forum uh, three or four years ago was asking some questions about it. And then I get this email from Stephanie Rothman uh, saying, well, why don't you get other authors to contribute like uh, I did on Everyday Miracles of Hypnotherapy? And as soon as I read her email, I knew, and I knew that I knew the time was right to get this book uh, manifested. And I was more than pleased with the enthusiastic response when I sent out uh, some announcements inviting people to contribute to the book. And jumping ahead, after the rough draft was finished, before I even got all of the contributing stories 
uh, from guest authors, people who decided afterwards they wanted to contribute also. Um, there was a question, what publisher do we use? Because Crown House decided it was a little bit too metaphysical for their comfort. They specialize in educational books and professional books for hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, uh, NLP, etc. And a couple of authors said, well, let's self-publish. And while I'm a speaker and a trainer and an author and a hypnotherapist, I never have been effective at marketing. My best marketing uh, asset is the quality of my work. But here I was saying I am not going to self-publish, but if one of you wants to take it over and self-publish and market this book effectively, no one stepped up to the plate. So it was time for another session with my higher power. What publisher do I use? <laughs> and I got the same Hi. message I did way back in '03 the publisher will come to you. This time I didn't question it. <laughs> and less than 24 hours later, I get this email from Blooming Twig Publishing asking me, by any chance, do you have uh, a new book in the works? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, thank you, <laughs> now you know why it. Blooming Twig is the publisher of uh, The Art of Spiritual Hypnosis, because history uh -huh. repeated itself. And it's far more credible having uh, over 80 case summaries from highly respected hypnotherapists from around the world, most of whom are also either authors or trainers, and many are both, of course. Yeah, so you I, yourself uh, have contributed to several books. That's and, right, and I've got my own book too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which you helped me launch. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree with having, you know, a number of uh, different case studies from different co-authors around the world in the book because it does give you that credibility. It's not like just you, you know, pushing your own point of view and, you know, making everybody swallow it. It's really a very broad cross-section of people from literally around the world, um, you know, some in Australia such as myself, a lot in the US and, and so on. So... It, it's a really, really fascinating read. I've, I loved it. It's one of those books I oh, couldn't put thank down. You. Yeah, you, your case summary that you submitted was pretty interesting too. If I recall, it was about a lady suffering from cancer and she is in our profession and uh, got some sort of wisdom about how it was connected to emotions. And I yeah. know uh, there's a lady who's a nurse who contributed a whole chapter, and one of her case summaries is about uh, a client who was in a wheelchair and then walked out of the session. How I had amazing tears of eyes that? when I read yeah. that. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, because I've read quite a few of the case summaries which are actually regarding physical complaints, but what kind of miracle is that when someone comes in in a wheelchair and walks out without it at the end of a session? I mean, that's that's just awesome. So it shows the incredible power of this spiritual Indeed. hypnosis. Seth Deborah Roth was uh, the um, contributing author who uh, wrote about that amazing story, which is absolutely amazing. And one of the ones I contributed was about a man who was a devout Christian. And by the way, I've facilitated spiritual hypnosis for people um, who don't even go to any type of church or religious organization, whether they're Christian, Jewish, uh, metaphysical, uh, Eastern religion. Uh, I've even had uh, several Muslims that have uh, been on the receiving end of this type of hypnosis. They heard about it and they asked for it. So... Um, I believe that anyone who genuinely believes in God or a higher power or a higher self or some sort of spiritual realm, uh, it's not my job to try to change their beliefs. I work within the framework of their beliefs. And I think that's a very important component uh, is to keep it totally client-centered or soul-centered or spirit-centered. Absolutely. It's not a case of one size fits all, is it? It's, it, it has no, to be based around the client's belief system and, and working with the client, letting the client this, lead. This man was uh, blind since infancy and he didn't think it was fair that he had to live through his life 
being blind when most people had five senses. So uh, even though he attended church, he was angry at God because he thought it was unfair. So he wanted to know why he was blind. So he goes back to a river mansion, past life in medieval Europe as a castle lord, and very visual regression. He's describing green rolling hills as he looks out the castle window while he's sitting at an inch-thick oak table, big solid oak table. And they're green rolling hills, and there's a big apple tree with bright red apples that haven't been harvested yet, and they're falling on the uh, grass uh, between the uh, moat and the castle. And he describes, as he turns the other direction, a huge fireplace, a uh, big stone fireplace uh, with dancing flames of fire. Move forward in time, his people are complaining about the taxes being too high. So he responds by raising them even further and warns them that if uh, they complain again, he'll raise them even more. And when I guided him through the first moment of total peace after the transition, connecting with his uh, spiritual realm, the message is uh, his life mission was to learn the difference between being a leader or a ruler, and he failed miserably. And he says, while he's in deep hypnosis, I was blind to the needs of my people, so my soul chose to be born blind in this life because ah. he felt it was important that he remember that lesson for all eternity. Wow. He was able to let go of his uh, grudge against God after years and years. And he and also said that it was amazing to remember what it was like to see. And then one of the two ladies who witnessed the session at his request said, well, don't you dream? And he said, yes, I dream and touch taste, smell, and sound, but he said, I never had a frame or reference. I couldn't even imagine what it was like to see. He said, now I remember seeing. Now I know what dancing planes of fire look like, and I know what red and green look like. He said, wow. that was amazing to remember seeing in that past life. Oh, yes. and by the way, the church he was a devout member of uh, does not believe in uh, past lives. <laughs> yeah, so that but I dare any anybody... scientist or skeptic to convince him that he didn't live that past life. Yeah. Even though yeah, for it you and not me, like it. it doesn't constitute proof to us, but it sure changed his consciousness. Yeah, definitely food for thought for any skeptics. Okay. Absolutely. And so... I was also quite pleased when I was looking for uh, people to review the pre-publication copy uh, a mutual friend of mine is also a friend of uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel, the author of uh, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And I contacted him by email, and he emailed me back. He was busy, wouldn't have time to review it, but uh, I could send him a PDF copy if I wanted to uh, that he would at least uh, take a look at. Less than a week later, I get this beautiful email back from uh, Dr. Siegel. So I'd like to read what Dr. Bernie Siegel said for the listeners. Spiritual hypnosis can help people find the harmony in their lives through transformation and find the true healing of mind, body, and spirit. We are not composed of separate entities, but of one. And mind, body, and spirit all communicate through consciousness, which spiritual hypnosis can help us to achieve. This book helps us to see the truth. I was so encouraged because uh, apparently he liked it a lot better than he thought he would. And <laughs> it took certainly the time like to it. give me a review. And uh, his actual email was a lot longer than the review. And I yeah, no, that's just can't a, a tell really... you how grateful I am coming from such a credible source. Yeah, he's a, that's a really beautiful review and he really gets the book. You can tell that by the the endorsement. So I'd just like to ask too, I'm sure there are a few people who are interested, especially ones who've already done hypnotherapy training or who are maybe aspiring to. Um, now, I know that you've presented workshops now for over 25 years um, based on your books for hypnosis professionals. Do you teach any workshops on 
spiritual hypnosis for the general public? Are you teaching that for hypnosis professionals at the the moment, or do you have any plans to in the near future? I definitely have plans in the future, but uh, I desire somebody else to do the marketing for me. Uh, anyone who is willing to uh, host and promote such a workshop, my fee is basically uh, 50% of the profits, and the other 50% of the profits will go to the uh, person or organization or uh, group that hosts said workshop. So if you're involved in a, an organization and you want to help raise money for your organization, uh, please feel free to contact me uh, privately about uh, hosting such a workshop because this is too important not to get out to the general public. I so what's want the best way for people, people to contact you? They can contact me uh, at roy at royhunter.com. Uh, Or they can go to my website, royhunter.com is my website, R-O-Y-H-U-N-T-E-R.com. So you never know who's listening to the call, do you? You never know who hears this. So we're just putting it out there. But I believe that this can provide hope. Uh, I've been incredibly privileged and honored to help a number of people make life-changing breakthroughs doing this over the years. As far as teaching it for professionals, I've included the last uh, half of the second day of my parts therapy workshop for uh, well over two decades teaching this, teaching other professionals how to do this, those who have open minds. But it's very important if you are a hypnosis professional that you be completely client-centered. It's very important not to project your own opinion into what you think the client should receive. Absolutely. Because, uh, uh, the higher power that's come through over the years, depending on the client's own uh, spiritual space and belief system, has been asked uh, has asked me to uh, call them by the name of God. Christ, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Higher Self, Higher Power, Yahweh, uh, Zaria, which uh, I understand is some uh, name for God given by some uh, country over in Asia somewhere. I'm not sure which country. I think I've heard that maybe twice over the years. Um, Michael the Archangel, Gabriel the Archangel, and I think once Raphael, um, spirit guide, and there have been uh, a number of names that sounded like uh, Native American Indians uh, who allegedly were the uh, client's spirit guide. So different names over the years. And I go with the flow and whatever that part wishes to be called. And more than once when I've ask what name or title shall I call you, the response has been, I am he, she, they with many names, but no name. But for purposes of this session, you can simply call me I am because I am who I am. Okay. That usually gives me the goosebumps. The first yeah, time I heard definitely. that, I was just... I'm getting good goosebumps like, now, actually. <laughs> I felt like I was standing in holy ground when, or sitting in holy ground the first time I ever heard that out of a client's mouth. And I treat that part with respect. And the divine wisdom that emerged was life-changing for the client. Yeah. I I always know when I'm I'm tapped into divine wisdom, either, you know, for myself or with the the client, because the the tears will start to just flow. There's that um, ultimate bliss of divine connection. It's very, very powerful. So... I'm just looking at I always the time, keep Roy. my tissue box uh, within my reach, too, because occasionally a client has such a life-changing breakthrough that uh, I'll grab a tissue and wipe my own eyes as well because uh, yeah. you can't do this without uh, feeling an, a certain empath with the client. And it feels like such an honor, too, to have been able to facilitate this for the 
the, the client to co-create it, as it were. Um, just looking at the time now, Roy, Thank because you. we've got a few questions coming through and so on, and anybody who hopped onto the call after I made the initial announcement, if you're on the phone lines and you've got any questions for Roy, please press star 2 to raise your hand. And if you're on the webcast screen, just type your question into the Q&A box as a number of people have already done. So I'm hanging out now. We could go on and on all day with the really fascinating case histories, but of well, course it's probably better people price. buy the, the, the book, um, which is the idea. And um, so we have various links for that around too, which I'll go into in more detail a little bit later. But uh, you're feeling ready now to give us one of your beautiful, we realize it's not you know, a full hypnotherapy session or anything, but a, a guided meditation to create sacred space for healing. I can do a very short one and show you how I help a client go from his or her peaceful place to a sacred place. So I'll just do kind of a little bit of an insert from that. First of all, if anyone is listening to this uh, while engaging in something else, it's important that you stop what you're doing and give full attention to this because it's unacceptable to be driving it and listening to this or to be operating any type of uh, machine or equipment. Okay, so um, go ahead and be comfortable either seated, reclined, or lying down with your eyes closed. And in your imagination, you have total freedom, total power to be anywhere you wish to be and to do anything you wish to do. So just imagine you are either seated, reclined, or lying down in a very beautiful, peaceful place with sights, sounds, and sensations that are so calm and so peaceful and so tranquil and so relaxing. It's easier and easier to go deeper and deeper. Relax. Imagine your place of peace is so peaceful that it is as though you are becoming a part of the peace that you can imagine. And in your imagination, since you have total power and total freedom to be anywhere in time or space, imagine you now have a choice. You can either choose to stay in your peaceful place as though there's a certain sacred feeling about it, or you can choose to move to a sacred space, which can be anywhere in time or space. And your sacred space can be a place that is completely safe, where it is easy for you to contact divine wisdom. And in your mind, in your imagination... Just make it so. And you have the power to be there. Setting aside any preconceived opinions or releasing them. And in your mind and your imagination, just imagine what your ideal sacred space would be like with sights, sounds, or sensations, any of the above or all of the above. And so it is. And imagine if you lost any sleep in the last week, you just found it. So as I count from one to five, come back to awareness, number one, becoming aware of where you are and what's happening. Number two, aware of your mind and body and imagine feeling the way you wish to feel for the rest of the day or evening. Number three, give yourself the idea that if you drive any time and every time you get behind the wheel of a motor vehicle, you are totally alert in response to any and all traffic and road situations, stretching a little bit on number four, and when you are ready on five, eyes open, fully aware, and come back to this reality. Oh, thank you, Roy. I found myself floating on a cloud, and the cloud was just so safe and comforting and there were angels all around me. It was just really beautiful and it just happened so easily. Thank you. Excellent. Oh, you're welcome. It's an honor and a privilege just to do this stuff. 
but to be in a position where I am privileged to teach it and to have edited a book with some some of the most highly respected people in our profession is just an incredible honor that uh, I can't find enough words to express my gratitude for that honor. I, I love this about you, Roy. You're so humble because you've made so many fantastic contributions to the, the hypnotherapy profession and you're so well known in the industry and you know people look up to you and yet you're always so uh, you know just humble and natural and normal there's no no hint of uh, you know nasty kind of ego with you it's just really beautiful so thank you for just being you I'm looking oh, now at the, the questions the questions that are coming in uh, just scanning through them they're not probably quite in line with what we have, but you may be interested in uh, having a go at answering some of them anyway, Roy. Um, if the questions, I'm just going to click back onto the other screen. Yeah, they're mainly coming in via the Q&A box. People are on the phone lines. Please take advantage of, of chatting live with Roy if you would like to. So just press star 2 to raise your hand. But just looking at the ones in the Q&A box, this lady, Diane, um, she submitted her question even before the call started. So I feel duty-bound to uh, read out her question first. So Diane says, Hi, thank you so much for this call. I would like to know how I can learn to trust God is for me and heal the belief of not being worthy or good enough. That is such a huge block for me. Thank you so much for any guidance. Blessings. I think the best way I can answer that question is from a personal experience because I suffered hormone migraine headaches from age 6 until I uh, was 40 and studied professional hypnotherapy uh, under Charles Tebbets. I was so inspired when I saw him help one of my fellow students overcome migraines through parts therapy, that when I finished his class, I had one of uh, my classmates hypnotize me and decided, okay, um, this uh, police officer who learned hypnosis because he was interested in forensic hypnosis, uh, he was having migraine headaches because he was a workaholic, working too hard. So that part of him causing the headaches was a workaholic, and the other part just wanted um, him to rest more while the part that was motivating him to overwork felt you needed to accomplish things. But it gave me hope. You know, I know that sometimes I tend to work too hard myself, even though I still enjoy my fun when I have it. So here I'm expecting the same type of thing with me, but no, the part of me causing my headaches uh, had something to do with self-punishment. And the part causing the headaches called itself the judge. And I remember uh, during parts therapy, the judge was telling uh, the hypnotherapist that your mom taught you even before you got into school, that no job is worth doing unless you do it right and you need to become perfect as a father in heaven is perfect. All those years through school, through high school, through college, I didn't know why I had a headache if I got 97% on an exam, which was a solid A, but I'd have a headache that evening. It never occurred to me that the headaches were connected to my uh, not doing a job perfectly. And then uh, the headaches got worse in my first marriage because I wasn't a perfect father, I wasn't a perfect husband, and every time my wife criticized me or nagged at me, I got headaches. I blamed it on stress, but it was because the judge was punishing me for not being a perfect father or a perfect husband. And... Then when the hypnotherapist called out that part of me wanting to overcome the migraines, the motivating part told the judge, the only man who was perfect got nailed for it 2,000 years ago. And to this day, I remember the hypnotherapist breaking out in laughter because she couldn't help herself. 
the only man who was perfect got nailed for it. Yeah. Now, let me translate that into modern-day language for hypnosis professionals. You do not have to be perfect to be competent as a hypnotherapist. Just have a genuine desire to empower your client and be willing to refer the client elsewhere if uh, you can't do the complete job for that person for any reason whatsoever. Uh, I've done that a number of times over the years. I remember just weeks after finishing Charlie's class, I told God I wanted to help as many people as I could. Never in my wildest fantasies that I think I would be indirectly helping so many people through my books and workshops. That's just uh, an honor that was beyond my wildest fantasies. But as my wife could tell you, I have my flaws. We're all human. But I do believe that instead of being humans trying to have a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And as long Definitely, as we're... Yeah. As long as we're walking in uh, human flesh on this planet, we have our uh, flaws, and it's okay to be aware of them. And now at 73, it seems like I have more questions than answers, and every time I get a question answered, it's like two or three more questions crop up in its place. So, uh, And I'm not anxious to get to the other side to find all the answers, but... We're on this journey of life, and I believe that if we did much, nothing more than simply trying to, uh, the best of our human ability, love God and also love others as we love ourselves, it would be a much better world to live in. Sorry, that's a long answer to your question, but I hope it helps the lady who asked it uh, feel better, and may God bless you, Diane. And we have um, some sort of similar style questions here so and it's a very common question that people ask um, basically when we talk about things spiritual and receiving higher guidance so both from Paige and uh, Carlia Carly is in Geraldton in West Australia so it's nice to have someone uh, in a, that I recognize from Australia on the call um, basically it's how do I know it's my guides and uh, or you know higher self whatever you like to call and not an unwanted source how can we ensure clear and accurate communication that's an excellent question that occasionally is asked and asked not often enough when I've taught workshops for professionals uh, I listen carefully if I am facilitating to find out whether that part is being critical or being loving Absolutely. If the part yes. seems to be critical or negative, then the question as a facilitator I ask is, do you serve the light? And one of the times uh, several years ago when I asked that, busted, <laughs> I said, will you please stay quiet while I call out uh, Linda's real higher power? And then the first thing her real higher power did when it emerged uh, was to provide some loving encouragement to the client and then ask me to send the fake part into the light. Now, whether that was only a metaphor or whether it was a earthbound spirit uh, or a figment of the client's imagination, um, your guess is as good as mine. I simply when I believe I have the client's real higher power out, I do what I'm told. But as far as when I'm on the receiving end, um, if I have any questions, I'll just ask the same thing in my mind because on rare occasions when I've meditated, I've done some uh, typing on the computer keyboard uh, in terms of my responses. And if uh, it starts being critical, uh, I just start fresh. Take a short break, repeat uh, self-hypnosis, and I want only the light. It's also important to set aside your preconceived opinions because if you are emotionally upset, the negative emotion can draw in negativity if you're not careful. So it's really important to set aside any preconceived opinions and trust your genuine higher power 
to give you the divine guidance that's desired or required. And never, ever ask your higher power to help you get revenge or to do anything that uh, would cause harm physically, spiritually, financially, or in any manner to somebody else because that's not a light. And I don't mean to sound religious by saying that, but it's just uh, the intent has to be for uh, people's highest and best good. Sometimes that's been hard. Somebody heard me. I won't give details, but years ago, somebody whom I thought I could trust hurt me horribly. And it took every ounce of willpower within me, plus more than just willpower alone, some prayer and meditation, not to wish that person harm. So I basically ended up writing a letter to that person's soul and prayed for his enlightenment, prayed over the letter, lit a match and burned it. And then I had one of my former hypnotherapy students do a spiritual hypnosis session to make sure I was clear and clean emotionally as well as spiritually because uh, what that person did to me was very, very bad. And that's all I'll say about it. Yeah. I hope that uh, answers the question for most of the listeners who have uh, or had this similar question. Yeah, it's, it's a question that gets asked over and over when I'm doing webinars, I guess, because of the, the kind of people who come onto the calls, that this is an area that they're very interested in and also concerned about. Um, we've got a, a comment, too, from Sandra. She's in Adams. And she says, I'm interested in learning how to begin to learn this. Um, I feel, I'm feeling very strongly drawn to this spiritual hypnosis. Thank you for sharing. So is there anywhere that people can currently learn this uh, spiritual hypnosis? Or is this something that's still in the pipeline? Even like a basic kind of course? I would be very happy to teach other professionals how to do the spiritual hypnosis. So if anyone wants to promote a spiritual hypnosis workshop for the general public, I'm also willing on the same trip to spend a half a day or a full day teaching the spiritual hypnosis uh, part for practitioners. I'm very open to that. And I think that uh, if enough people in our profession learn how to facilitate spirit-centered, client-centered spiritual hypnosis. It has the potential of changing the paradigm of our whole profession. I mean, just, you know, I get discouraged oftentimes with the news because there's so much stuff, there's so much hurt and pain and suffering going on on this planet, and I think much of it is unnecessary if it weren't for people's uh, greed and uh, selfish intentions, but we can't tell other people what to do. But in the meantime, it's sad that a lot of good people get hurt by the bad intentions of a few. Mm. And uh, I've, I remember years ago hearing about what was called the fifth monkey principle. And basically, I think if enough of us on this planet really want to help raise consciousness and empower people, um, maybe we can trust God to take care of the rest. Perhaps I'm being a little bit uh, overly optimistic with a Pollyanna attitude, but then again, that same type of hope and faith has helped me uh, walk through a lot of storms in my 73 years. I would suggest that most of the people listening to the, the call today are already taking personal accountability and responsibility for being part of that change in consciousness that we wish to see. And I think when our intentions are clear enough and strong enough, the divine steps in and assists as well. So, I, I, you know, I'm very much of your mindset. Thank you. Yeah, so, I, I um, sense that you were resonating with that. But yes, I yes, just, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people I listening feel, to the call are. I feel that there are so many people who need this or something like it that uh, increasing numbers of us have been called into uh, spiritual life paths and by spiritual I don't mean religious because I've known a lot of religious people who 
uh, didn't, in my humble opinion, display very much spirituality in their religion and instead used religion to manipulate people. And uh, I think that it is even more dangerous if someone who's on a spiritual path uses spirituality to manipulate people, and yet we all have human tendencies because no matter what uh, country you're born in, no matter your race or color or gender, we all have desires. And we shouldn't deny all of our desires, but we shouldn't let our desires become more important than doing what's right uh, not only with ourselves and others, but uh, with whatever your perception of God or higher power is. And we don't have to be perfect at it, but we just have to be willing to learn from our mistakes and learn from watching the mistakes of others as well. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at the time. We're probably getting close. Well, we are at the top of the hour, so we should start just uh, wrapping this up. Uh, if someone has a telephone oh, question, I'll be happy no, to take No, they one. don't. We've got a lot oh, of people on the phone lines and nobody put their hand up. So I've, I've kept checking. So interesting, a quiet lot, but that's absolutely fine. It, it is what it is. And, of course, you can always contact Roy uh, you know, privately after this call uh, through his website, royhunter.com. Um, and... One really important thing we haven't done so far is let people know how they can actually purchase uh, the art of spiritual hypnosis. So if people are listening on the webcast, we actually have um, the, there's a big grey button and it's called Buy the Art of Spiritual Hypnosis. So it's pretty obvious. Um, so that's to the left of the webcast screen. Uh, so that's for people... Uh, it, well, for anybody, uh, if you want to buy it from Roy's website, it's particularly for people in the USA. If you're outside the USA, the easiest way to order it is directly from Amazon. So there's also a link on the webcast screen uh, that says buy Roy's book on Amazon. So that's fairly obvious as well, but not as obvious as the big You will get button. it a little faster overseas if you buy it on Amazon. Because if you buy it from my website, it's shipped from the United States. And I don't know where it's shipped from if it's uh, overseas and you buy it from Amazon. However, Amazon also has a, an electronic version, a Kindle version. Yeah, in Australia, we don't unfortunately have the soft cover version available. Um, and I'm not sure if we've got the Kindle version. So if you're in Australia, chances are that you will be buying it either from Roy's website or from from Amazon, and it's going to be shipped from the US. What's uh, you know either way. Uh, so if you go onto Roy's website, because we realise that not everybody is going to be listening to the live call, and not everybody's on the webcast. So um, to purchase Roy's book from his website, you can go to royhunter.com forward slash hypnosis dash books htm or just go on to royhunter.com and there'll be a link through to to his various books because he's got a fascinating collection of books there and um yeah and uh, if you're buying it outside the u.s um yeah if you're not buying it from roy's website uh just going to your local amazon and if they have it for sale there that's great otherwise if they don't you can get it on amazon.com which is obviously the main amazon and you can also have access to the kindle version highly recommended as a really fascinating read and to really open your mind to the bounds of you know what what is and isn't possible when we utilize both um, hypnotherapy client-centered hypnotherapy and also calling out a higher part, whatever that part may be, a part that ultimately seems to always have a, some kind of connection to God, to the higher realms, to a higher guide. It's a very, very fascinating book. So is there anything you would like to add, Roy, before we wrap up for today? That was a very fast hour, and I am grateful for the honor and privilege to share uh, the incredible journey that we're all on and the art of spiritual hypnosis was uh, actually 
or is a fulfillment of a, a dream that dates back almost 20 years. And the publisher's already given me the green light for volume two of the series. So any of you who are uh, hypnosis professionals already engaged in uh, facilitating spiritual sessions, if you're interested in contributing to the second volume, please contact me by email and let me know. Uh, I'll probably start collecting amazing stories for the next book in the near future. And hopefully the second book will come together a whole lot easier than the first book did. It won't take the next 20 years. (laughs) That's an amazing story. So thank you very much for being on uh, the call today, Roy. It's been a pleasure having you on. You've shared so many fascinating case histories and uh, given people a chance to dive deep into the world of of spiritual hypnosis. I think you've whetted the appetite of quite a few people. So um, thank you very much, and we uh, I will make You're sure that when I send out you know the replay to today's call that the links are included too, so that people can access uh, your book easily. And just the the website is extremely easy, royhunter.com. Very very simple. So thank you, Roy, and um, this podcast and all other embraced by the divine podcasts will be available on iTunes for free, usually within 24 hours after the live call. The link is included on the webcast screen in the replay email or simply search for the Embrace by the Divine channel on iTunes podcasts. And you can find out more about my number one best-selling book, Embraced by the Divine, the Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose at embracedbythedivine.com. This book is available in both paperback and Kindle on Amazon and in multiple formats elsewhere. And for now, hoping to see you again on our next call. Namaste.